In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps in Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Welcome into episode 51 of We Went Blues. Barrett Jackman, the former blues defenseman, is not with us today, tending to some family business, but he'll be back with us next week. And uh, that's a tough one because uh, I know Jax would have enjoyed this conversation uh, today. Our special guest, blues coach Craig Berube. We're going to get into the start of phase two and why the blues have elected to wait a bit. We also now have a training camp. It was announced today that it'll start on July 10th. We'll ask the coach what he has planned. And we'll talk to him about what he expects this Blues team to look like when the round-robin play begins at the Pod City. But uh, right now, we first want to bring in head coach Craig Bruby. Coach, thanks for joining us. It sounds like uh, you're on your drive from Philadelphia to St. Louis. Yeah, I appreciate it for having me on, guys. Thanks. Uh, Just got a long drive ahead of me from Philly to St. Louis and uh, got a lot of time to kill, boys. It's probably a drive you've been looking forward to making for quite a while. Well, I have, uh, for sure. You know, I think, you know, most hockey people and, and fans included have been waiting around. Hopefully something would start up. And, uh, you know, it looks like it's heading in the right direction. So um, getting back there and get organized and get our players back uh, together here and get on the ice. Beautiful day in St. Louis. I'm sure uh, the, the trip uh, looks pretty good for you so far. But I'm trying to picture uh, you got the window down, you got the hair, uh, you know, breathing a little bit. You got the uh, the radio jam. What's Craig Bruby listening to on that ride to St. Louis? I actually mix it up quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I listen to a lot of rock and roll and and a lot of like outlaw outlaw country on uh, XM and things like that. But I mix it up pretty good. Long drives, so I try to you know, listen to different stuff on the way. Uh, can't, I haven't had a haircut in a long time, so i got lots of hair <laughs> right now, which is uh, unusual, but uh, couldn't get a haircut, so. Oh, that's great. Well, you're going to have to get one uh, pretty soon with the start of camp coming up. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But, uh, Chief, one year ago tonight, you were in Boston. Game 7 was the next day. Just take me through, what were you doing that night? Did you go out to dinner with the staff? Were you nervous? Were you prepping? What were you doing tonight uh, a year ago? Yeah, exactly. We uh, we went out to dinner. We actually, uh, the whole time in Boston, we chose uh, the same restaurant. It was an Italian place in, uh, in, in northern Boston. Good spot. We, we met the owner and a uh, real nice guy. So our whole coaching staff, uh, general manager, we always went out to dinner. And so oh, normal, went out to dinner and treated it like a normal uh normal night and it, even though it's not normal we all know that game seven and and it's the same as the day of the game like you really try to treat it as normal as possible 
at that point, all the preparation in terms of game preparation is done. There's not much else you can do. So it's not like you're up uh, studying film. You just got to let them go play at that point. Oh, definitely. I think even that whole series, I mean, you make little minor adjustments, but it's really about how hard you're competing, uh, getting some breaks, uh, really good goaltending, little things like that. That's what uh, really boils down to when you're in the finals. I'll have a story up at the Athletic on Friday. And, Chief, what I did, uh, I called every single player who was on the cup roster last year. And I said, tell me, give me an untold story. You know, we've all heard about Gunnarsson and Baruby in the bathroom. We've heard, you know, all those types of stories. But give me something. And Jake Allen gave me something that I've never heard before. He said that the players were up in the team suite until about 10.30 or 11 p.m. the night before Game 7. And, well, let's just have uh, Jake Allen give us the story. I think the night before Game 7, um, we were in, obviously in Boston in a hotel there that we stayed at. And, you know, our team, in the playoffs, you're, you're stuck in a hotel home in a way. So you're, you're tight-knit. You're doing a lot of things together. You're playing cards, you know. And we had a pretty loose group and a pretty fun, relaxed group. And, you know, that night before Game 7, we were sitting there, you know, drinking drinking some wine, having some ice cream, playing, <laughs> playing cards. And, you know, and next thing you know, I think a lot of us thought it was 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And we were like, oh, shit, we, we have a game tomorrow. Game 7, the biggest game of our lives. And honestly, at that point, once I got back to my room, I... I had like the utmost confidence in the world that we were going to win because no one was overthinking the game. It was still the exact same game as, um, you know, every other playoff game and road game that we had in the year. You know, we were relaxed, we were having fun, and we weren't really talking about hockey. And, uh, you know, when I got back to my room, it all sort of clicked. I, I just sort of knew that we had, uh, we had the right mentality heading into that game and it was interesting because most people think you're in bed at you know seven o'clock getting a good sleep and uh up bright and early and not eating ice cream and having a couple of glasses of wine so it's uh it was it was interesting but that's just the group that we had so chief you hear jake allen there and my first thought was that uh, wow the st louis blues did the same thing i did the night before game seven ice cream and beer <laughs> and then my second <laughs> thought is uh you know just what do you think when you hear that did you know that and uh, it just speaks to how relaxed they were yeah no i knew that the, the, those guys they always would go up in that suite and hang out i think which is great i think they did you know they really were a tight group and still are and you know, after dinner, wherever they all went to dinner, or, you know, if they had a team meal or if they're just certain groups going out to dinner, they always, always get together um, at night and hang out in that suite. And that's that's smart what they did. Like, you can't go to your room and, and worry and, and um, you know, think about things too much because you're not going to play very well. We did that in game six. I know that for a fact. Um, you know, and I think game six with with everything that was going on in at home in St. Louis, all the fans being there at the rink, it, it was it was chaos. And I think there was a lot of pressure on our team and we didn't perform more, very well because of it. And we ended up losing that game in the first period. Um, to me, I thought that uh, our team, like in the morning skate, you know, we looked uh, good, sharp, relaxed, and I had a good feeling about everything, you know. Like I said, in game six, I didn't, I didn't, uh, find that we had that same feeling and we were nervous uh, and rightly so we weren't we were in a position that we hadn't been in before and um, I think that uh, you know 
I hate saying it, but you lose game six, six like that, it really probably helped us in game seven quite a bit to take more of a, of a relaxed approach and uh, just go out and play. Later on that day, your team's getting ready for the biggest game of its life. And, Chief, uh, the pregame speech, everybody wants to hear it. Everybody wants to be in that room and hear what you're telling your players. Your pregame speech became legendary when the Blues eventually put it on uh, social media. And I've talked to you about this before. You said you don't plan these. You just tell them from the heart. And I want to hear that speech before we ask you how you pulled it off so well. Let's hear that speech. This is Craig Bruby prior to Game 7. Pump it up here. We're here for a fucking reason because we're a fucking good hockey team and we're going to fucking come home with a cup here tonight. Let's fucking go. Sonny, Bo Perry, better. Let's go. Let's go. Chief, I've obviously <laughs> never uh, played in the NHL, but I'm ready to go through a wall for you right there. Yeah, like I said, I don't... I really don't prepare for those very, very often. I think they just, I just, they come to me, you know, and I, I f have a feeling for our team. Uh, and that's a big thing is just having a good feeling for your team and where they're at and what they need. Uh, like I said, I thought our team was pretty prepared by then. And they, I, I just wanted to let them know that, like I said, I've, I've, I've mentioned that a lot to them over the course of the season that we're a real good hockey team. And I think I just want to encourage them and, and, and re-encourage them all the time that we're a good team. We're here for a reason. We played great hockey up to this point. And, you know, we have a real good opportunity to win a cup here tonight. And I just want to let them know that I was very confident that we were going to win. I got to imagine that when, like, Tom Hanks is out in public, he's got uh, fans that come up to him and say, run for us, run, or, you know, something from one of his movies. When Blues fans see you in public, uh, how many times do they bring up that speech? It's brought up quite a bit, actually. I just, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, I like keeping stuff like that in the room, but I get it all. And, uh, you know, I get that the whole playoffs are mic'd up and, and stuff's used, and it, it's important. And the fans do like it. And, uh, uh, you know, more than anything in St. Louis, the fans really just want to thank, uh, I think, not only myself, but the players, the organization, uh, just for helping bring on the Stanley Cup to St. Louis. They're just, they're just really happy about that. Yeah, no, and just to let you know, uh, I have a kid that, a uh, son that plays 8U, and we play that speech before his games. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, the, the Game 7 has aired several times in the past few months. Uh, I've watched it. Uh, have you watched it? And if you have, is there anything that sticks out? Maybe you see it and you say, wow, I didn't know that happened, or wow, that happened a little differently that I remember. Anything stick out? Yeah, I've only watched it once, and that was during this. It came, you know, when they played it. Uh, it was early on when this was going on, and I finally watched the game. Um, the one thing that stands out to me is just, and I get in the first period, um, Boston came out hard, and we took a penalty, and they have a good power play, and they had some opportunities to score in that power play. Benner made some great saves uh, during that power play which was obviously a key to winning. and uh, But really, the game overall, there just wasn't a lot going on for me. Like, there was no time. There was just, guys, you got a puck, someone was on you. It just wasn't a lot of plays. You don't, you know what I mean? It just mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of opportunities out there. I thought it was really tight played hockey game. We capitalized on a couple of our opportunities early on in the game, and that, that was the difference. 
talked to Alexander Steen yesterday, and he said when that puck rims with about seven seconds to go, he looks at the bench, and it's just pandemonium, and, and what a feeling. How do you describe that feeling? It's, uh, you know, just as a coach or a player, and I never won a cup as a player. It was close a couple times, but, I mean, it's for me, it, it was more of a, like, I think a relief, you know, that it's over, we won, and... Um, and it hit me a little bit after, you know, how great of a feeling it, it, it is. And But at the time, I think you're just on the bench with your trainers and coaches enjoying it and, you know, hugging each other. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching the players enjoying, you know, the cup and celebrating with each other out there. And the one thing for me more than anything is I was very, very happy for our players because yeah. those are the guys that got to go through it all, go through the wall battle compete they're banged up injured they do anything to try to win and they put it all on the line and they won and you're happy for them craig berube the blues head coach is our special guest on episode 51 of we went blues and i know that one of your mentors uh, craig is uh, ken hitchcock i've talked to, to him a number of times about you and i remember one thing that he told me you know everybody expected uh, a stanley cup hangover and that really never happened with you guys you had that stretch and January, February, where the wins weren't there, but a lot of close games. And uh, for the most part, you played like a Stanley Cup contender all year. And the one thing that, that Hitch said was, you have to recreate that chemistry every year. It doesn't just carry over. And so I want to ask you, how were you guys able to recreate what you did last year? Yeah, I think it started in the summertime at some point. I can't exactly remember. You know, our coaching staff, we uh, we sent a letter out to every player, um, you know, just about, you know, what we accomplished, we have to leave in the past, and we got to move forward, and we have a job to do. Um, it's going to be a tough road ahead of us. Um, there's a, There was a number of things that we put in the letter um, and, and tried to refocus our players and talk about, you know, competing again and getting to a certain level again where we, we um, play like a Stanley Cup champion and that's really what it boils down to and that starts at camp I think um, you know, our players did a great job of coming into camp in great shape and that's where it all starts for me uh, when you're when you're working hard in the summertime and staying in shape even after winning a cup your team's pretty prepared it's good leadership and I think they came into camp in great shape. I thought that uh, the guys looked really good, and they were hungry to try to do it again. Uh, but at the same time, they know it's a long road, and you got to take baby steps in getting there. You got to, you know, there's a lot of things that went on at the beginning of the season with, you know, um, ring ceremonies, you know, going to the Hockey Hall of Fame, a lot of things that uh, are distractions. And I thought that our team and organization handled that pretty well and got through that first month and a half of, of things and then we just played hockey for about two three months and we were really good um, but again it boils down to real good leadership and a team that wants to, to uh, try to get there to win again. So then the pause happens, and we all know what uh, the last three months have been like. Uh, just curious on how often were you able to uh, keep in touch with some of the guys and monitor them or you know did you feel like you just needed to let them be because they're uh, professionals and seem to, to stay on top of things 
Yeah, both. Uh, you know, our strength coach was uh, in contact week to week, um, sending out uh, workouts and stuff that they could do at home and things like that. Uh, Doug Armstrong, obviously our GM, general manager, is reach out, reaching out to players constantly. And, and the coaching staff, uh, the whole staff, I, you know, it's not just me. I get the other coaches to uh, reach out to players uh, through text message, talking. But it's not overbearing. We don't, we don't want to bombard them, at, you know, but at the same time, we want to make sure that they're, uh, you know, doing well and they're healthy and in, in a good spot. So, you know, just things like that. It's not, we don't overthink it, but at the same time, we want to make sure on top of, uh, on top of things. I have a a 10-year-old daughter and a 7-year-old son, and along with the wife, we had the quarantine cup. We played mini sticks downstairs uh, for a while, but also we hit the Netflix, and I heard you caught up uh, on a couple shows. You don't watch a lot of TV. I know uh, your job kind of takes up a lot of your time, but what did you catch up with uh, on the television series? Well, I got Ozarks, I thought, was a great series. Uh, That was one of them that we watched, and Peaky Blinders was another one. Very good very good uh, series. I enjoyed both of them. And I did watch a Tiger King. I'm not <laughs> so sure I enjoyed it that much, but I, I had to finish it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a little different, but uh, those other two were excellent, I thought. Um, so, you know, I get to do stuff like that uh, during that time. And the other part of things was just spending time with the family. I don't see my family a lot or my kids a lot during the season. They're back in Philadelphia. So, we had some really good time together and uh, quality time, and especially being, you know, at home the whole time, not really be able to get out and do much. Yeah, that's great. No, Ozarks was uh, definitely a good one. I was actually uh, in the Ozarks uh, a couple weeks ago. They have a uh, restaurant, a bar called Marty Bird's, so I have to stop by there and have a cocktail once one time. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. never gone up there yet. I might have to, might have to get up there at some point. Yeah, there you go. Well, the NHL uh, announced today uh, or announced recently that uh, Phase Two could begin on Monday, and uh, the Blues decided to kind of wait. And I, I talked to Alex Petrangelo, I talked to O'Reilly, Ryan O'Reilly, the past couple days, and they just said, "Hey, there's no rush. You know, camp is uh, July 10th, and we really don't need a month to get ready uh, for camp." Just what went into the decision from a management coaching standpoint to kind of hold off a bit? Well, I don't want to get. We don't want to get guys in a stale position. Um, first of all, I think that they're right. Like we get, we, there's plenty of time before camp, and these guys have kept themselves in good shape. Uh, yes, they do need to get on the ice at um, at some point here and, and make sure that they get some skating in before camp. So when camp starts, we can go full out right away. We're not trying to ease guys into things. So. Uh, I think uh, we're fine. We, we wanted to hold it off a little bit. I think uh, we only need you know a certain amount of time to get these guys ready. You've had a lot of time to think about camp. What's it going to look like? Uh, any comparison to a September camp before a normal season, or is this one going to look different? It'll be different. I think there's going to be a lot more um, you know internal scrimmaging and, and competition stuff because you know there's not going to be uh, there might be a couple exhibition games. Um, I haven't heard that's for sure. So we need to be competitive in camp and we need to do some scrimmaging in camp. So that'll be a little different than normal. You guys do a great job with the, uh, the injuries. And I know there's been a lot of talk the past couple months, you know, being off so long that there might be more injuries than normal. Just what kind of precautions do you take in that area? 
Well, exactly. So that's why it's important that these guys get a couple weeks on the ice before camp starts. So, you know, their muscles are used to skating and we don't get the groin pulls and the hamstring pulls and things like that that could happen, you know, in camp. So I think that those guys getting on the ice before camp and, and, and you know, doing all their workouts and all that kind of stuff will avoid a lot of injuries in camp. And speaking of injuries, you were set to get Vladimir Tarasenko back in the lineup shortly uh, after the pause actually happened. Uh, I'm sure you've had a chance to talk to him. Just how's he sounding? How's he feeling? He's good. I think he's, uh, you know, before we uh, stopped, he was ready to come back the next week and play. So he did a great job of getting himself back, uh, did a great job with his rehab along with the training staff. And, you know, he kept himself in great shape. Uh, He actually came back in better shape than he came to camp so he did a great job Vladdy and he's been on the ice and doing things right now and uh, so he's he's ready to go and even though I know you wouldn't have rushed him back into the lineup you guys were taking your time on that uh, the couple extra months just has to let that uh, shoulder heal even more so and it, it's got to feel good to know that he's going to be a lot closer if not 100% than he was uh, back in March yeah, definitely getting Vladdy back is a great boost for our hockey team. And, you know, even, you know, the, the layoff here now, his, his shoulders even healed more and, and is probably stronger than ever. Um, he's kept himself in great shape and he's skating. Um, he's ready to go and he's looking forward to it. So uh, great getting a guy back with that ability and uh, leadership coming back to our team. Just a few more questions for Blues head coach Craig Bruby. He joins us on episode 51 of We Went Blues, making the drive from Philadelphia to uh, St. Louis. He's got the tunes going there in the car as he makes his way back to the Lou. And, you know, I mentioned I talked to a number of the players here recently, coach, and uh, talked to them about the format and the quarantine bubble and things like that. Just wanted to get your take on the format. And, you know, I'm not crying uh, about any unfairness here or anything like that, but you guys were on top of the Western Conference, and now you're going to play some really good teams in a round robin. Uh, you know, they, they made the best of a, of a tough situation, but what's, what's your take on the format? Yeah, like I said, I was saying this before, it's, a, it's fair because with 10 or 11, 12, some teams had 12 games left, I believe. Uh, that's a lot of games to uh, reseed yourself. Uh, you know, Colorado's only two points behind us. There's teams that are close. And I think with that many games left, it's only fair the way they did it, adding teams to the playoff format, uh, teams that are on a bubble of making it or not. Um, so I think it's fair all around, and and so you just gotta you just you gotta do what you gotta do. Nothing inside of your control. Uh, we gotta just play and do what we gotta do. And I know you probably haven't heard your players being interviewed on that topic, but they've all said exactly what you just said. And the reaction from fans and media has been that that's Craig Bruby instilling in them that hey, let's just go play. You know, it sounds like the players right after the hand pass game. So you gotta be pretty glad to hear uh, what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like they, they know that there's a lot of situations that are not in your control, and um, you know you just got to go out and do what you can do and control what you can, what you can control. So, again, it's going to boil down to the team that um, obviously makes the less mistakes, plays the right way right away, and how hard. And uh, believe me, being a, being a highly competitive team and a hard team to play against uh, in this format is going to be benefiting for sure. I think the team that plays the hardest and wants to compete the hardest and is not worried about all the other stuff that's uh, surrounding us 
and what we got to go through right now, you're going to have a better chance to win. Yeah, and I know that these are Blues fans who are pulling for you, but a lot of people making the case that because you guys dealt with so much adversity last year and overcame it and you have this experienced season team that maybe it's a little bit of an advantage coming back from something like this compared to the other uh, teams. Do you buy into that? I don't. I really don't. I, I believe it's the opposite, to be honest with you. I think that, you know, there's a lot of teams that, uh, you know, are in the playoffs now and a lot of good teams. And, uh, again, everybody's going to be healthy. You know, a team like Colorado is going to get healthy now. They were uh, pretty banged up um, when this happened. You know, even a team like Columbus was banged up before this happened, and they're still still in the playoffs and competing hard, a very good team. So I believe that it's wide open. I really do, and I think that it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a tough, uh, a tough way to win. It really is, uh, maybe tougher than normal. Yeah, and you, uh, you've been in the league a long time. You've seen a lot of Stanley Cup champion teams. You uh, coached one last year. The big question out there, does this Stanley Cup come with an asterisk? Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people think this could be the hardest one to win. Where do you fall? Yeah, I said the same thing. I think it might be one of the hardest. And, um, you know, like I said, it's one of those things you can't control if they put an asterisk beside it or not. I don't think you worry about it. I really don't. I think that in the end, uh, the team that wins you're going to be happy. You really are. It doesn't matter. I can't imagine what these past few months have uh, been like for you and your staff. You guys, uh, you know, so attention to detail and like to be at the rink and, and hang out with this group. Uh, you got to be itching to get going again. Oh, definitely. Uh, I miss I miss being there with the guys and the coaches. And, um, you know, it's that's what we like to do. And we got a great group of people that we work with all the time, and and that uh, we can we coach, and uh, so we're looking forward to it for sure. Uh, getting back and and doing what we do. We'll have a safe rest of the trip to St. Louis. Beautiful weather here, uh, waiting for you, coach. So you love it. Maybe uh, get out those clubs and play around with Panger or somebody. <laughs> looking <laughs> Take forward Panger's to it. Panger's money. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we really appreciate uh, your time. Thanks for delving into some of these subjects with us, and uh, can't wait to see you at the rink whenever that will be. You got it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay. Thanks, Take care. Chief. Well, that was Craig Bruby, the Blues head coach, and what a great time to have him on as we get the date announced today that training camp will begin on July 10th. You heard him say that uh, it's going to be a different type of training camp and they're going to have to uh, be very cautious of uh, players being off the ice for three months and, and injuries being a strong possibility. And we also heard that uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is in real good shape and ready to go. So that's good news for Blues fans. Well, we had fun with this one with Chief. Uh, we did miss Barrett Jackman. Hopefully everything is okay on the home front and we will have Barrett back with us next week on We Went Blues. So tell your friends about this podcast and also the Athletic Minnesota's Michael Russo and the Athletic Tampa Bay's Joe Smith had JT Brown, Jared Spurgeon, NHL agent Eustace King and Minnesota Wild Dr. Joel Boyd on straight from the source for a discussion on race and hockey diversity this week at the Athletic. The Minnesota Wild's Matt Dumba and Akeem Alou of the Hockey Diversity Alliance joined Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun on the two-man advantage this week. And Ian Cole, the former Blue, now with the Colorado Avalanche, he spends the full 60 with Craig Custance, also at The Athletic. We went Blues, episode number 51 this week. Check out the comments section for each podcast episode at The Athletic app. We thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you'll come back next week. We'll be right back.